1: I have returned to this fine
0: Aftershock
1: Central Podcast. Episode 34!
0: Hey, Ronnie, how are you? The promise of cool sudden
1: returns, huh? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. I, I,
0: Jack will never return.
1: Yeah, Jack will never return. He's always got an excuse. Now, Now his in-laws are at the house... He's reading Marvel
0: and, you know, whatever.
1: Good excuse there, Jack. Yep. mm mm
0: But yes. His loss. His loss. Our
1: gain. We don't care who's on. We just want to talk oh. some Aftershock, bro.
0: Right? Heck, we don't care. I even had Aaron on last week, so... Yeah, you bastard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, he was... A- he was at the con, so, you know. I know, I know. It was fine. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that Aaron could join. I know, uh, I know when you had baseball season, he really missed you, so I'm, I'm glad he, uh, he's getting to spend some time with you. Gotta get his running time on. Everybody's gotta get
0: their running time uh, on. I don't
1: know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Mm hmm. At- it's okay. Have I uh, have I missed any news since last week? I don't even know. I know we haven't talked about the new books yet. The uh... well,
0: Aaron and I talked about them a little bit, but
1: yeah, I guess you mentioned uh, back ways. Did you talk about Monster Mechano?
0: We did a little bit, yeah. Okay, and we talked about um, Brilliant Trash because that comes out here pretty quick.
1: Yeah, Brilliant Trash is in like three weeks, I believe, mid November. Yeah, three or four weeks. Awesome. Well, then we don't need to talk about it. You can talk about it if you want. No, we don't. Well, no, no, not really. I mean, I don't really know what to say. I uh, I glossed over the Monster Mechanica stuff, uh, and yeah. it looks pretty interesting. Um, I, I'm pretty stoked for uh, for Backways though, because yeah. uh, you know I, I think a lot of people kind of didn't like his run on Shadow Man. but uh, I thought he did. Pretty freaking awesome with the magic stuff. So, yeah, there's I'm looking forward to this.
0: On roll right now. I think that's what I said last episode with all the stuff that he's got coming out. It's mm-hmm. pretty fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And that's, I mean, that's kind of, well, I guess it's not around the corner. We still have like two months for that book.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Cool. Well, anyways. Let's talk about the books that came out today. And I think okay. uh, I think we should do. A, you can think about this as we're discussing animosity. We should do a, a one line review of the normals number six, which is not out, so we're not going to talk about it. But we read it, and I'm curious. Okay. So we'll do a one line review of that. Yeah. So. Let's talk about these books. We've got two books, both Animosity books. Which one do you want to do first, Animosity 10 or Animosity Evolution number one? Let's do the proper one first. The proper one first. All right. Animosity number 10. Uh, I don't think we need to do, uh, create a roll call anymore. It's been the same the entire time. Let's just get and our let, boy let, Rob Swaggy 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 <laughs> yeah, that's right. I like I like how we don't talk about anybody else, <laughs> but Swaggy Swag.
0: We got to get his name out there.
1: That's right. Uh, this was uh, this was quite the issue, Ronnie. Let me tell you, this well, one hit pretty deep. It, it hit pretty deep. I thought uh, the last couple, as uh, as the animals are kind of walking across America and they're doing their little existential speeches, I thought it was getting a little deep. But uh, this one, man, like you get some serious human crap in here.
0: I kind of liked it because this was the single solo issue where you could actually see Jesse turn from a kid Mm -hmm. to a young lady. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like the, the Carl scenario in Walking Dead style.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought the same thing. usually
0: Sandor or Beth or whoever's always around to protect her, and then you know now she's filling that role.
1: Well, let's let's not jump ahead. Let's start with the beginning, because the first few pages of this book are pretty intense, um, and not because they have a lot of action, but they're intense because you get a uh, you get like all these different scenes of Jesse's uh, mom. Before the wake, or her parents before the wake yep, yep. And uh, you get to Meet Puppy Sandor And you watch him grow up of course Because you know, each page is like One year that passes by <laughs> um, But they're all kind of It's all in three panels And they're all the same panel Except she's wearing a different outfit in each uh, In each page But it's right. the, the empty glass of, Empty glass uh, of wine A full glass of wine And then her drinking the wine and some comment and something that she's looking at or reading. Yeah. And then you get the next couple of pages, which are the other side of that, where she, I guess, is done with her. Well, she's almost done with her wine. But she sits down at different times a day and reads whatever it is on the table that we see in the third panel in the previous few pages. So, one's a, well, a couple of letters, and then one's a photo album. Um, and then, of course, the mm-hmm. third panel is her and Sandor. Um, and you get to see his expression, which is kind of the same, except you see him go from puppy to adult dog. And then we get into a scene in the shower, where, or in the bath, where uh, uh-huh. Jesse's mom goes in the shower, tells Sandor to stay outside. And he is trying to kind of trying to get in there. And that one panel cuts off into present day, okay? When we see Sandor looking to see what's going on in the bathroom, it cuts to present day where he's on on the mountaintop watching Jesse and... I can't remember the guy's name, Kyle. Watching Jesse and Kyle go down to the farm where uh, where where Mittens is, Mittens the cat, and all these other people uh, that have kidnapped the bees from the previous issues. So without Without going into what actually happens in the in these few pages, I was really confused at first, and I guess once we get the reveal of what happened to Jesse's mom, I almost felt like maybe I should have caught that you know from from reading these few pages, and I felt pretty bad that I didn't catch it, but maybe it wasn't entirely clear
0: um, I kind of got that. I mean, I kind of got that it was weird to stay out because he was always there with her and by her. Yeah, 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 right. And, and whether whether it was her or, you know, Jesse at the dinner table, he always wanted to be around them. hmm And so when she said, no, you stay out this time, made it seem like he's done it before. Like went in there and laid down on the floor by the tub while she's in the tub, you know? Yeah, right, right, right.
1: Yeah, and I guess I didn't catch that because when she goes into the bathroom, she's fully clothed. Like, maybe she had got in there in, like, a towel or been like, okay, maybe she's going to go do something in the bathtub. I mean, I guess we can can probably just talk about it because whatever. Spoiler alert uh, Jesse's mom tries to commit
0: suicide. But, I mean, I guess she was taking a glass of wine in there. So I just assumed that she was going to take a bath.
1: Well, and that was the thing, right? Because you don't see anything else except a glass of wine. And because right. it it repeats three different timelines with similar events, and they all culminate in this one bathroom scene, I didn't think anything of it. Like, she's just going to the bathroom to drink wine, because her life is shitty. I think it's the first time we've cussed <laughs> in this podcast. Um, but anyways, when we we'll, we'll get to later on to the reveal of what happens to her, I mean, she down like, 20 pills. So that's right. what she's drinking the wine to down all the pills that she's taking. Um, but that wasn't made clear. And I, that's why maybe I didn't feel bad when I saw the reveal, because at no point did we see her you know, holding any pills. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But it's really interesting that this happens before the wake, though, because, I mean... It's weird, right? Because nothing really happens in in these three panels that keep repeating. But you do get some kind of idea of she's got a kind of a shitty life. But I don't see like how that's a, a reason for her to kill herself. You know what I
0: mean? I think it's more so of Sandor's loyalty to them. Hmm. We got Whitney Houston in the background there, bro. I'm going to put it on mute and go turn it down. Hang on. <laughs> and it was Whitney Houston.
1: You know, I'm going to title this episode Ronnie Loves Whitney Houston, right? <laughs> yeah, it was the bodyguard. <laughs> You're watching okay. the bodyguard. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> I was not watching. Oh, my God. Right. I have recorded proof. Wait till Discord hears about this.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, anyway, oh, so man. back to the book. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, because we're, we're seeing this because Mittens is there on the farm. Right. So, we're not just seeing it random as like a flashback of Sandor growing up or whatever. Life that happens, it actually ties into his and Mittens. Well, And that- now Mittens also likes Jesse or feels sorry for Jesse or protect her.
1: Sure, but remember that Je- uh, Mittens doesn't know that Sandor's there yet, right? Um, no, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. But 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 the the thing that I liked is when we flip from the flashback scenes to the present. It's that same panel, right? Sandor standing at the door of the bathroom, and then the next page, Sandor standing on top of the mountain, watching Jesse. But the thing is, uh, you can maybe compare what Jesse is doing like her mom walking into the bathroom right except the outcome is very different um but you can i guess maybe make an argument that in some ways maybe he feels like it could kind of become the same thing right because her mom went to the bathroom to commit suicide and here's jesse pretty much in a suicide mission to rescue some bees you know what i'm saying because like they don't don't know what the hell's going on this farm and and when Jesse and Kyle get taken in by these people, like, you start learning things about the place that do seem a little bit weird. Um, and they don't explain any of it. But Jesse catches on to all that stuff really, really quickly. Whereas Kyle, who's the adult, doesn't even realize that, that there's crap going down in this place. Right. Right? Like, he kind of doesn't like it. But she's like, well, look, it's kind of weird. It's a bunch of guys in here. But they put us in a girl's room. Where's all the women? There's no women in here. There's no girls. Um, there's no kids. There's no kids. But, like, I think there was a schoolhouse there. Like, right outside the the schoolhouse. Um, so she finds all that really weird. But she plays along like just a regular girl. Because I think, even through all the stuff, most people would still assume that a kid is just a kid. Right? So she's able to get away with forming some kind of plan... To find out what the hell is going on in this place. And they're not going to suspect her at all. And actually, that's kind of why she she's the one that decides to go after the bees. Because Kyle wants to go. And she's like, no, dude, like, if you go, they're going to know something's up and they're going to kill you.
0: Yeah, and you know?
1: She'll just get in
0: trouble. Yeah, she's men, like, I'm. Mitten's already vouched for her.
1: Exactly. She's like, I'm a kid. Mitten knows me. Like, they're not going to do anything. They'll probably just tell me to stay in my room for a day or whatever. Um. So that's, that's pretty smart. And uh, I wonder how much of that is her, her time with Sandor. Um, I mean, obviously, like, like, you know, hanging out with all these other animals and being in this weird post-apocalyptic animals talk place uh, right. will, will definitely do something to you. But um, it's, it's pretty obvious that Sandor is actively training her to survive any situation. Because, I mean, ultimately, she can't rely on anybody but herself and Sandor.
0: Right. And right. Sandor's old in his own right. Right. Cause yeah, he's sick, remember? He is sick.
1: How old is he by this point? He can't be more than, like, six or seven, though, right? In human years? In, no, in dog years. Right? In dog years. Because the, the first flashback is four years ago, and he's a little puppy. So, so
0: like, isn't every one of our years, like... So many dog years,
1: though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so if it's like s- s- five or six years ago, I mean, he'd be like my age, between so, like sometime between yeah. my age and your age. So between yeah. young upstanding man and an old man.
0: Yeah, middle-aged and crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like th- you know, thirty-five to forty is what I would say. Uh, but yeah, he is sick. That's true. I, I keep forgetting about that because um, he he rarely shows that there's anything wrong with him.
0: Because that's when he started um, training her, right? For, for lack of a better word,
1: right, right, right. Um, but re- really, interesting. And I'm surprised that Mittens isn't catching on, because yeah. because it seemed pretty obvious to me that there's something going on with Mittens in this town as well. Yeah. Um, like there's a couple lines that Mittens says that kind of threw up a red flag, um, yeah. and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it just it it seemed weird. Yep. Um,
0: one was when um Jesse and Kyle was in the room, and Mittens was looking out the window, and then turned to leave the room. I don't remember what.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, yep. That is exactly one of them. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. remember the quote, but yeah, it was kind of weird.
1: Yeah, it was weird. Uh, what do you say? Oh, yeah, and then there's a couple things where, like, she, she's thinking out loud. Like, she's wondering how they, how they got the little drop on us. And uh, she, she's talking. She's in the conversation because one of the humans is talking to Kyle and Jesse. Um, but she's not talking directly at any of these people. She's kind of, like, on right, this guy's right. shoulder and but talking away. So I think it's pretty uh-huh. obvious that she, maybe, maybe even Mittens thinks it's a little weird. Um, but Mittens wouldn't have known like all the stuff that they've gone through, right? Because it's been quite a while and a lot has gone, uh, gone on in Jesse's life that would have changed her from the way she was in New York. Right. Right. So yeah, all this stuff is really cool, man. I really dug, uh, the character progression was pretty steep for Jesse in this issue. Yeah. Um, Like I
0: said, this is where she grows up kind of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even when, when Kyle's uh, walking off with her, she signals to Sandor because um, yeah. she feels that something's going on.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I then
0: the reveal at the end, right?
1: So, yeah, let's talk about that. You're talking about when she goes into the, the barn? Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know what you saw, but it just looked to me like a giant beehive. But maybe there's, uh-huh. like, people in the beehive.
0: Well, isn't there like skulls and stuff on the ground?
1: Okay, see, I didn't and catch I didn't catch that on the ground. Let me look at it again.
0: Yeah, I thought it was like right by the.
1: Yeah. Right up, you might you be know, right. Like it's right kind up close. Yeah, you might be right. It's kind of hard to tell. Um,
0: and then plus the cover. I mean, you know, it's her laying on the honeycombs of.
1: Sure, sure, sure. But like looking at the the giant beehive or whatever the hell this is. Um, it kind of looked... Did you see It? Yes. So, well, you know how like in the original... Because in the new one, It doesn't have that that giant cocoon um, where, where It traps all the kids. Uh, but in the old one, It has that, right? Because in the old movie, It is kind of like a spider thing. Right, um, right. So it traps uh, everybody in cocoons. It looked like a giant collection of cocoons, but made out of honey. So maybe that's where all the women are. The giant cocoon, blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's where all the women are, or the kids. And maybe that's why they want Jesse in here. Maybe they, they want to feed Jesse to the giant honey cocoon thing.
0: And see, I thought... This is where I was going to have the discussion with you about. Because there has to be another queen bee, right? Right. Because they didn't take the queen... Because, obviously, she wants them back. And that's why they're upset.
1: I thought they had taken the queen. Because what we saw was just the hive forming, like, a, a giant floating head. Okay.
0: And just all the workers? And they are confused on what to do because they kept taking people? Yep. Or not people, but... Yep. Worker bees? Yep. So, okay, that makes sense on that part, then. But do you... I mean, obviously, we've read lots of post-apocalyptic books. We've seen movies, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. You know, the number one rule is DTA, don't trust anybody, right? Sure. Here, everybody's working that, and the beast's and to do with it. Because, like, right now, the only red flags that are given up is there's no women or kids, and then mittens acting weird, right? Yep. But everything else, you know, the birds working... The cows, everything, you know, they had fuel and food and water, and instead of fighting, they just give up extra rations. Well, I mean, pay the ransom.
1: Yes, but I mean, think about that, though. That's almost like a a trope in a lot of post apocalyptic stories, too, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the group comes up to a place where everybody seems, it's perfect, it's wonderful, but there's some, like, really dark crap going on in the background. Right, yeah. Um,
0: it's the facade up front.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and this thing in the barn must be that dark crap in the background. Yeah. So I mean we're, we're gonna find out I'm sure by next issue. But uh Yeah, it's good man. This is uh whew. It's good stuff. Let's rate it up. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go ahead. I'll go ahead. I'm gonna give it a, a four and a half out of five. It's freaking animosity on fire every month.
0: Yeah, uh, that's about on par. Yeah, I- I'll give it a four and a half out of five, two, just because it-, it keeps bringing it each week, and this issue is so emotional and uh, character-driven from the get-go.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. So let's talk about Animosity Evolution number one. So this is what The Rise became. Um, Do do we know why they didn't just keep it at the Rise? I guess because it fast-forwards, maybe?
0: Yes, because it fast-forwards. And as Aaron talked to Marguerite at New York Comic Con... Yep. He actually asked her how many animosity books she can write at once. Yep. And she said that the Rise was actually only going to be a one-shot. Right, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I talked to Joe about that at the last con I saw him at.
0: But, so it sold really well. Mm hmm. And then Marguerite fell in love with the characters. They just figured they would do that and then spin it off into its ongoing. Yeah, it makes sense. Because, I mean. So, so oh, basically, nice. this is the renumbering of The Rise. Sure. Basically. And
1: that, and that makes sense. I mean, The Rise. The Rise played out a lot like the first arc of Animosity did. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Evolution is kind of like the second arc of Animosity. So I'm good with that.
0: Yeah. And um, she also told Aaron, I don't know if this was on the podcast or if it was just him and I talking. Breaking news. That um, eventually Amida... But she doesn't want that to happen for at least a couple of years because she likes diving into both worlds.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron mentioned that on the last episode. I heard him talk about that. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm excited for that. This is kind of like, uh, you know, Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, right? Where you yeah, get...
0: Unfortunately, yeah. Oh... Well, I only say that because I don't like fear, but I like The Walking Dead with animosity. I like animosity, and I really like la- or I really like animosity, and, and I like um, evolution. So, okay, that's kind of like a bad comparison, I guess. Well, you,
1: you know what I mean, though. It's like two stories, two simultaneous yes, stories in is. the same yes. universe, d- d- following the same events, but on opposite sides of the country. All right. So Basically, what stories. I'm
0: saying is like. Kirkman
1: should take notes from Marguerite. <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> That's going to be the episode title. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. There you
1: go. Wow! <laughs> it's fighting words. You should. uh Oh, you know what? I'll do. A, I'll do a snippet and I'll post that and <laughs> tag Marguerite in it. <laughs> there you go. And Kirkman.
0: That's
1: awesome. He's going to get upset because he doesn't like when people talk smack about him.
0: That's all right. Send uh, hate mail tweets to uh, at who's Paul. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. So, so yeah, so because it's a continuation of The Rise, um, if you have read The Rise, then you'll know who these characters are. If you haven't, uh, I don't think you really need to, because I think you get introduced to them pretty well here. Um. I've, it, uh, it's going to help if you have read the rise, of course. Right. But uh, the good thing about this yeah. is you don't need to be reading animosity proper to know what's going on.
0: Yes, correct. The only the only person that we really don't see in this issue is uh, Kiki. Uh, the back Kiki Riki. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rafiki. He-
1: Kikiriki is a little bit at the end of the issue I think Kiki Riki shows up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't have known that.
1: Oh, that sure, was, sure, uh, sure, right. Animal right. companion for him. I like how this issue starts off. Um this is actually super weird, but uh there's a couple pages in this uh beginning of this book that talk about mayflies and the particular species of mayfly that they're talking about is actually native to south carolina which is where i live um so i'm very familiar with these mayflies and uh they're the ugliest thing you'll ever see and also the dumbest (laughs) because it's literally happened so they live they live in water for about a year while they're still larvae um and then one day, usually like July, August, they'll just pop out of the water. As they're jumping out of the water, they turn into flying insects. They, they molt automatically just like that. Um, and fly around for a few minutes to try to find a mate. They mate, and hopefully they get done mating before they die. Because um, the females last about five to ten minutes in this flying insect stage. Um, I think that males live a little bit longer, but not by much. I um,
0: yeah. I think in the book they said like 15 minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that.
1: Something like that. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to see that because uh, where I work at, actually, um, I don't know what it is because there's a river not too far from where I work. And I think they must, you know, all the larvae must live there. And when they hatch, they're just like everywhere. And uh, outside the building where I work, in August, it was filled with mayflies. Um, huh. and yeah, are they
0: white
1: then? Uh, no, they were like greenish with a little hint of red. No, I, th- I, I they think look, they look white. Yeah, so. I think I think they show white in the book because um, it's this is happening during a full moon, um, okay. and so I think the bright light kind of. Tones really down the like colors a quite a on. bit, yeah yeah, 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 because you got to look at the rest of this stuff too, right, like the guy's clothes just look blue, his his skin color looks blue, uh, winter mute is just like black and blue, um, so I think it's because this happens at night is uh is why the uh, mayflies look the way they do in the book, uh, but it was weird too, because it looks like there's snow on the pier, but I mean this happens during the summer, so there would be no snow. Right. Uh, so I don't and, know. And I don't know what that's about.
0: And it's on the west coast, right?
1: Um, is this on the west coast? Did They say. Oh, boy, well, that's right. The rise was. Yeah, yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So
0: this is like Silicon Valley style. Yeah. <laughs> reference. Well, well, what I'm saying is, I think like when the animals were bitching about winter mute, uh-huh. uh, they were talking about the animals in Silicon Valley or that one um, dog. Was saying that he, you know, his uh, owner was a um, high tech person, and they lived in Silicon Valley, and he didn't have to do this or that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yep, that's right. That's right. So, oh, now I caught it. It's not snow that's on the pier; it's all the dead mayflies.
0: Yeah, yeah. So okay. that's why I was asking if they were white, because you know, in July and August, you could go out of work. And then, you know, it's, like, white
1: like it's snow. Sure, That's sure, what. sure. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the species in San Francisco is white. Uh, the mayflies that we have are green and reddish. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. And they, they're weird-looking, too, because they look... I mean, they kind of look something <laughs> like what's on here. And they have double tails. Like, it's a single tail, but it has, like, two, like, antenna at the back of the tail. It's I don't know. It's really weird a wee looking bug um but the point of that was to kind of talk about the passage of time after the rise right because like for for people the rise only happened like you know whatever a few months ago at this point but for mayflies it would have been like a hundred generations Right, so like if you stretch that time period out from mayfly time to people time, the rise would have happened, you know, like ten thousand years ago. Right, right. It would be ancient history, and right. I, I wonder like how that would affect how the mayflies act with one another. You know, well,
0: well, didn't they say that? Isn't that the reason why they brought it up is like some the mayflies wouldn't even know that the rise actually happened because they only live 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, I guess right. Yeah, yeah. So it maybe it's been so many generations that it to them it doesn't really matter. Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah okay. To them, you know, they only, they're, they only live for 15 minutes, so they don't even notice that the world around them's changed. Basically, they just do their thing and they're done.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, there's been a little, a little evolution, if you will, of, uh, of the, the town that they're in, in San Francisco, I'm assuming yeah. it's still San yeah. Francisco. Um, cause if I remember correctly in the rise, they were just in that one building, right? Yes. But, but by the time that evolution starts, they pretty much have the whole city set up, uh, right, to town. work, to work as a commune, which is cool. Um, And I like how Wintermute has divided tasks appropriately to different animals based on their natural abilities, right? So, like, uh, she's got birds, like, cleaning poop and, you know, things like that, because obviously they can get up on buildings. Um, There's mice. The mice are electricians now, because, of course, they can, like, hop into walls and, like, fix any electrical issues without tearing stuff up. She's got which the is uh, ironic, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't know better before, mean, dude. Well I mean I mean I'm just saying that's kinda cool but ironic all at the same time.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Um and then uh, she's got the uh, the geese and the pigeons and stuff, they're the uh, the bomber squad, the part of the military. Which I thought was hilarious, right? Because before the rise they would just be dropping poop everywhere um, and right. now, now, yeah. that, now that they're sentient like they're dropping bombs on, on things you know <laughs> so uh, that's pretty slick and of course all the humans still have to have an animal companion that's, right. a, that's a thing that Winter Mute has always had um, like, and, I, and I don't even think it's because she's distrustful of humans I think it's kind of to keep everybody in line right
0: yeah, it's kind of like the counterbalance, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And to,
0: and to remind, and to remind everybody that they can work together.
1: Right, right. Yeah, especially after all the crap we saw in the first couple of arcs of animosity, uh, like you know, especially right after the rise, or uh, yeah, right. after the rise, because during uh, the rise, yeah, yeah, during the rise, Through all the riots and like you know. The, the genocides and animals eating each other and people eating each other and this and that. Um, so yeah, it's good. How, how do you feel, based on what we've seen of Wintermute, how do you feel about her as a leader?
0: Um, see, and this is why I'm glad they both came out the same day and I'm talking animosity proper and mm-hmm. evolution Yep. because with the proper book we get quote unquote the good guys, right? Mm hmm. Swan, like Winter Mutes, um, could be the villain. Strong holds everybody to work together. hmm. Where, you know, they look at her like she is the villain or she's worthless or what, what's the word I'm looking for, you know? Um, the no, bad yeah. guy, I guess, you know, because yeah. she's making everybody follow in line and do things to better the community so I, so it's like we get to see token as well as what's happening on the east coast west coast
1: so what i found interesting about the whole wintermute thing um, and we'll get to that in a little bit with something that happens in the book is how i mean you're totally right you know wintermute is like the ultimate power here right like she guides what Uh everybody does she makes up all the rules she gives everybody their jobs um and you know does the rationing the the reproduction um what 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 do they call it like she made some law that they can't reproduce for a year or whatever um and so to some people like all these restrictions obviously seem like almost totalitarian right well, yeah,
0: because the, the rabbits are the ones that's bitching about not reproducing. Well, of course they would. Well, oh, I know. I'm, not, I'm just saying, you know, that's, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But, you know, to, to all these animals and people, she seems kind of like a totalitarian leader. Um, but then when you actually... Or a dictator. Or a dictator. And when you actually see Wintermute talking about things, you don't get that feeling at all. No. Right. right. It, right, yeah. it's, it's pretty obvious that Wintermute is doing all the things that she's doing in order to protect all these people but the thing is, a lot of these people don't understand that they need to be protected right, because before all this, they're used to doing whatever the hell they want
0: But see, that's, that's what I'm saying is, what makes a great villain is you sympathize for that villain
1: yeah, but see, the okay. thing is I don't see Wintermute as a villain at all i can i can understand why others might think she's kind of villainous um but from what i see of her i don't see her as a villain at all
0: but just rewind 20 minutes ago when you said hey everything on the surface isn't what it seems you know what i mean well
1: that's absolutely true but you know this is not like the first time we're seeing this character right I mean, we've had some time to spend with Wintermute and her whole society thing that she's doing here.
0: And, and some of her decisions have been tough and. Uh, what would you say? Well, I mean, they have to be tough, dude. This Controversial, is the, I guess. This is the apocalypse. You have to no, make tough I, no, decisions. I, I, not, yeah, I get it, dude. I, that's what I'm saying. That's why I, I like this book even more. Because it's more like the cutthroat style, hmm. you know, Hey, we got, we got to leave this animal behind or kill this human or whatever, because it betters the community, but that's what we got to do. Right. As to where, you know, in the other, we still have that moral compass trying to guide us so, the world that it used to be. Well,
1: yes. But to some extent, though, right? Because, like we saw in Animosity 10 this week, a lot of that is changing also.
0: No, yes. I, I get it. I'm just saying, like, you know, this is the light side of the coin, and this is the dark side. This is the yin to the yang. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. I could thing. see that. I could see that. Um,. But yeah, it was cool. We see, uh, we see squirrel. Yeah, you talk about the rabbits. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a squirrel talking crap about um, winter mute, and I like how like nobody knows what the hell winter mute is because when you see it, you kind of yeah. don't know either, right? Like it almost looks like um, oh god, what was that name? There was a video game, Okami. Oh, I don't know if you ever played that. I think it was in the PlayStation. Um, I think so. Yeah. But Wintermute looks like there's a there's Dexter, like a there, there's like a fox god, a Japanese fox god, that kind of looks like this. It's a like a fox with three tails, um, and that's kind of what Wintermute looks like. And uh, one of the scrolls, like you know, it's uh, Wintermute is a wolf husky malamut mix, which when they say it that way, I could see that. Um, but at the same time, like all those three animals look pretty much identical also um like a malamute is pretty much like a a big husky is what it looks like so i thought that was pretty interesting as well
0: i can see that yeah
1: yeah um and and here's an example of why i don't necessarily think that wintermute is a bad guy because we meet the the bear lady with her cubs And she talks about all the the good stuff that Wintermute has done for her, rescuing her and the cubs from the male bears, who are apparently total a-holes. And out of nowhere, there's uh, an airplane that comes out that's supposedly a human bomber spying on Wintermute's town.
0: Yeah, which we don't know where from.
1: We don't know where from, um, and that scene was interesting because that's when you get to see the uh, the seagull bomb squad uh, yeah. dropping dynamite on on or trying to drop dynamite on the on the plane. And then there's a really right. cool scene with the one old seagull who like kamikazes it's... himself into the plane to make sure it doesn't it doesn't get away. Um, and he he talks about how you know back in the good old days things were a lot simpler and people didn't have to worry about this kind of thing. Uh, but now things have changed and you do. And so he's going to do this to make sure that his grandkids have a place that they can call home and be safe.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And that was really cool, man. Like coming from a seagull, like you would never do it in any, any other book that has like anthropomorphic animals um, of any sort. You never see birds being like super smart like this, right? Like maybe crows, like that's kind of been a typical thing. Uh, yeah. But usually there's animals that you kind of see as kind of stupider than others. Right. Um, and I think a lot of birds often play out that way. You know, like pigeons, seagulls, those kind of birds um, play out to be pretty dumb. And uh, this this group of seagulls is not that uh, not that bad. And, and obviously, family is very important to them. So I, I really like that section of it.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It's like uh, old, like uh, World War II or Vietnam style.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we get what I think is my favorite thing of this book: when the plane crashes into the ocean you get to see the dolphins, and the dolphins are like, gotta take it all, gotta take it all. So all the dolphins are gathering, scavenging parts from the airplane, and then we learn from Wintermute that on one side of their city, they have a group of human rebels, and then it's them, and then on the other side is the ocean, which is ruled by the dolphins. And I know that Aaron talked to Marguerite, and she's only going to do two books, but let me tell you, if she ever does, like, a one shot of just what happens with the dolphins on their water. I would buy the hell out of that.
0: There's gotta be, we haven't even explored that. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's so much they haven't explored, right? Like the stuff with the bugs, the, the first time we're seeing it was in animosity nine, right? With the bees. Cause right, remember we, right. we, we discussed that since like the first issue. Well, what about this? What about that? Um, and then, of course, like imagine the sea, dude. Like most animal life is going to be underwater, right? Not a not on land. Um, and if the dolphins are ruling the oceans, like how how is that whole society taking shape? You know? Um, yeah,
0: yeah. And and what is their purpose? Or a purpose? Or I see what whatever. you
1: did there. Was yeah. that a, was that a dolphin joke? The purpose? <laughs> like that. <laughs> Uh yeah no absolutely absolutely, and uh, dude these dolphins look that they're pretty mean man.
0: And we and in one of the books I think it was the rise where we saw the sea lion right.
1: Yeah 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 yeah. Yep, you're absolutely right. Uh, what else do you want to say about this book? I don't know if we really missed anything.
0: The reveal at the end. Well, okay, really I guess
1: I guess we can get to that evil.
0: Then. Than what
1: I thought. Well, really. So, all right. Spoiler alert! At the end, a dog comes. Uh, he's holding a, a uh, dynamite. No,
0: no, I'm not talking about that part.
1: Oh, oh, which part?
0: Doesn't she get like a cybernetic claw, or has she always had that?
1: Well, you have to and set. You have to, to set. To you off. have to set up why she has that. Oh,
0: uh, my bad.
1: Which goes back to the conversation we just had about is Wintermute a dictator? Uh, a dog with uh, dynamite in his mouth runs straight into winter mute kamikazes into winter mute with the dynamite and supposedly blows up maybe dead maybe not and uh, she gets taken to the hospital at uh, at the town and the doctors perform surgery on her and yes now you can say when she comes out she's got what
0: the cybernetic paul
1: Cybernetic paw, yeah. She didn't have that before because I double checked. Yeah, I double checked. But I mean, if you if you, if you look at the cover, I mean, it's kind of a spoiler on the cover too, right? Because
0: how how she gets
1: it? Yeah, wintermeat has got the the uh, cybernetic arm on the cover, uh, and she's also got the cybernetic eye as well.
0: Well, see, and that's I had to go back and look because I always thought that she did have a cybernetic eye. For some reason, hmm. but she just had two different colored
1: eyes. Yes, yes, because she's part husky, so she's got she had the uh, the one green, one blue eye. Right,
0: right,
1: yeah. But now she's got the one blue, one red robot eye. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of cool. I uh, I wasn't expecting this at all, even with what's on the cover of the uh, of the issue. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this uh, affects. Wintermute in the future, because maybe now is when we start seeing the more villainous side, right? Like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. I don't see Wintermute as the villain yet, but maybe after this attempt on her life, and now her being half robot uh, could could make a difference, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, I'm gonna let you rate this one up.
0: I'm going four and a half on this one, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna agree with you, four and a half as well. I love the head of this universe. It's it's great. Yeah. It's great.
0: And and it kind of... If she wants to make three or four more offshoots, go for it. I'll read them (laughs) all.
1: Yep. You're absolutely right. So uh, next week, we've got uh, Dark Ark number two and Fujitsu number two, if I'm not mistaken. And the normals. Uh, See, I keep getting confused with the normals, man.
0: I think next week, we just have the normals number six, actually.
1: You might... Wait, what's next week? The 25th? Yep. Because that's
0: the only one that we got.
1: Oh. We'll see on Comixology. It's got Dark Ark and Fujitsu for next week.
0: Yeah, because I think think those two come out the following week.
1: All right. Here's my one request. And, Ronnie, I know you and I talked about this yesterday. I would love an accurate release calendar because this happens uh-huh. this happens a little often. Because yeah, we got so usually we get the review copies a couple days before the books come out, uh, which we did, but we also had the normals number six. And if you look on the aftershock website, it has animosity ten, normal six, and evolution in the same section, which means they would come out the same day. If you go to Comixology, it shows the Normals number six coming out November eighth, which is in two weeks. Right. So I wish we knew the email
0: it was, you know, specific and said animosity books came out this week and normals come out next week, so right. well, you know,
1: we're gonna be talking about some kind of book next week.
0: We're going to be talking about some kind of Aftershock
1: but next week. Next week, Aftershock Comics.
0: But you wanted to give the one-liner, right?
1: What's my one-liner?
0: For the normal. For the normal. Oh, yeah, that's so right.
1: To, yeah. One-liner for the normals. So um, I, I, I got to find my tweet. Now I can't even, I'm not going to find my tweet now because that was like <laughs> yesterday. Um, I, I tweeted at Adam. And uh, it was something to the effect of, damn you, Adam Glass, you gave me the feels.
0: Yeah. I can go with that. Yeah. Or how about what you think you know you really don't know?
1: Really don't know. Spoiler alert expect a lot of things to happen in Normals number six. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: All right, let's that wrap Adam, this up. I said that Adam Glass. Oh,
1: I thought he you said sure he sure
0: knows how to write some books.
1: He sure does. He sure does. Let's let's wrap this up, Ronnie. This has been the aftershock central podcast episode thirty four, if I am not mistaken. Uh, of 34. course, you can find us on the Twitter machine. I am at Geekvine. Ronnie is at rombar three sixteen. Jack is at Jack Sutherland pray to Jesus he may someday return to the land of Aftershock Comics. And uh, of course the show is at Aftershock Pod. What else do we have? Anything else? Anywhere else you need to go? No? Okay. That's going to be it for us. We'll be back next week and have a great one. Let's go read some Aftershock. Welcome to Aftershock.